praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We made it. We made it. Amen. You know God is so good. He is so good. I am so happy about it, you know. And we do pray for those families that are dealing with the bereaved of last year where they lost loved ones and friends. Uh, Just know that we're praying. And you know it's something about living another year. And then we wonder why did God choose us to live another year to make it on over to this year? Well, you know, I think it's because we still have work to do. Mm -mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome to another broadcast of Together with Him. I'm Sister Ann, and I'm with the Labors for His Harvest Ministries, and we're we're just marching in. We marched in, Amen. Did what we needed to do to continue on in the Lord, Amen. Marching in and welcoming in, welcoming in this new year. Praise God. Amen. Things change, but you know what? God stays the same. He stays the same, and we are just excited about what he's doing. Praise God. I want to do something a little different today. We're going to do something a little different. We're going to go in, and we're going to hopefully get a chance to see another throwback. Now, this throwback is... Oh, grab your, just grab your Bible, grab your Bible. I'm just going to give that disclaimer right now uh, because this throwback is very timely in what we're looking to do. We're looking to stay focused on the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ. We're looking to stay focused this year of continuing on in the name of Jesus because there is still soon to come an event that we do not want to miss as believers, as disciples, amen, of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know, we're going to go ahead and just introduce, introduce our praise break, introduce our praise break. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just love you and we just want to go ahead and enjoy you. Come on, let's enjoy the praise break. Come on now. Make it verbal. Make it audible. Shake this house with your praise. Shake this sanctuary with your praise. Shake this building with your praise. I don't care if you don't praise him like she does. You don't have to praise him like he does. But let everything. Let
deserves. Give him the thanks that he deserves. The fruit of your lips, the clapping of your hands. Clap unto God. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. God in the highest, hallelujah, in the highest. You know, it's nothing like giving God glory. Nothing like giving God praise. You know why we do it? Because he is so worthy. Mm-mm-mm. I can't praise anybody uh, but God. I can't do it. I can't do I can't even give my, myself that pat on the back. Because you know what? If it wasn't for him, when I get to thinking about who he is, my goodness. My goodness. And you know, it's so much more to look forward to. Yep. See, we sell ourselves sh- short here on earth, don't we? Don't we sell ourselves short? We think that, you know, there's people out there that think that this earth is all that there is. And that after this, there's nothing else. Mm, But you know what? The word of God says different. Huh? It says different. And I'm going to go ahead and share with you a throwback where there is a wonderful ministry called the Apostolic Church of Jesus Christ, Kansas City, where Bishop Daniel Chavis Jr. is the pastor at that ministry. And this is a throwback to 2006. Yeah, (laughs) we've been doing this a little while, y'all. Throwback to 2006, where Bishop... Chavis breaks it down about Israel in the end times. Now, I'm just going to give a little disclaimer. We're going to play as much of it as we can. I'm hoping that this technology will hold up for me. And then what doesn't play this week, we're going to bring it back and play the rest next week. If we can get through it today, okay. But if we can't, we're going to be all right. We'll just bring it back and do the best we can. Get your Bible. Come on. Let's praise the Lord in the Word. All right. chapter 24 and if you all could just pray for me that I forget all that seminary stuff I think I'll be all right <laughs> well they don't call it the cemetery for nothing I mean uh, you gotta watch this step to eat the fish and discard the bones. Amen. A lot of times we have people who don't have a real relationship with the Lord teaching us the Bible. But you know, you got to know something about him. You got to know the Lord to rightly divide the word of God. We're going to go back to verse number 36. And we're going to dig into this a little more. And I trust that you have your Bibles. This passage of scripture is dealing with, it's an end time message. It's dealing with, it's a message dealing with the end of the age in which I believe we are living. 
is dealing with the time that Jeremiah calls the time of Jacob's trouble. Jeremiah 30 and 7. The Bible says here, but of, of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. You may be seated. And I'm going to read Matthew, the rest of this. Chapter 24. Matthew, Who then is a faithful 24. and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his house to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now if I can invite your attention also over to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 14. And if you ever get a chance, read the whole 14 chapter of Zechariah. I'll give you a little time. You can look in the table of contents and you, you go to Zechariah. But if you, you go back to the book of Malachi, which is, which is the last book in the Old Testament, and flip forward to the next book. Okay. That's good. I'm glad that you're, you're interested enough to, to give it a shot. All right, do you have it? Yeah. All right, then just follow along with me, beginning with verse number one. You know, we take that for granted sometimes, but uh, these are not books we visit frequently, so. All right, the Bible says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoils shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against these nations, as when he fought in the day of battle. Um, I'll go on and read just a little bit more. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley. And half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. And ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azel. Yeah, ye shall flee like as ye fled before the tabernacle in the days of Uzziah king of Judah, and the Lord thy God shall come and all the saints with thee. And it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. Book of Jeremiah chapter 30.
In verse number 7, Jeremiah 30 and 7. You have that? Jeremiah 30 and 7. The Bible says, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Now, isn't that interesting? In Zechariah 14, the Bible spoke of how that all of the enemies will surround Jerusalem and they would fight against Jerusalem and really they will be victorious until the Lord intervenes. Until the Lord intervenes. You see, God will sometimes let you get yourself in trouble that nobody else can get you out of. I have numerous New Testament passages to share with you. I don't know how many of them we'll get through. But I'm sure that you are aware by now of what's going on in the news around the world, especially regarding Israel. And this is something I shied away from because I, I did teach Wednesday night from St. Matthew 24, but... I've kind of shied away from it. I'm going to tell you why. When I got saved, the most popular book at that time was Hal Lindsey's Late Great Planet Earth. And you're probably familiar with that book. It was a great work dealing with Bible prophecy. From that time, there have been numerous books of this kind dealing with the second coming of Christ and the rapture and you probably saw the movies we showed movies at the church and um, truthfully it was it was almost terrifying to see the things that's going to happen in the end time if you want to see a real horror flick boy if they could put together a, 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 a film dealing with the events in the book of Revelation I don't think Norman Spielberg or or any of them can come up with uh, something as out there as what you see in the, in the scriptures. And if the scriptures be correct, if the scriptures are true, this world is in for some, some very interesting things, very interesting things. Over the years, men like Hal Lindsey, and he's, he's a great scholar, he's come out with some recent films and so forth, but it, it kind of turned me off because they used a lot of current events and they interpreted the Bible most of the time from the standpoint of America instead of looking at the whole world. And we got to remember that this book, it was not written in America. It was written basically in the Middle East. And we have a tendency to interpret things based upon the way it is with us. There's something to that. There's, there's something to that, but then there are flaws in it as well. We also saw in those books, you know, they'll say things like, we believe in the literal uh, interpretation of the scripture, and then they'll turn right around and say, well, these creatures that are mentioned here in the book of Revelation is really talking about a helicopter or is, you know, talking about, yeah, an airplane or something else. It, we believe in the literal interpretation of the Bible, but then they'll interpret it figuratively. And I had a problem with that. I had a problem. How can it be both literal and figurative? Funny thing is, I think there's something to that. The book of Daniel actually tells us that his book, and I would put Revelation along with it, and Bible prophecy regarding the end time is not something that they could really understand in that day but as we get closer to the end we'll be able to understand it more you understand I think God has given us more light and more revelation on the message he was trying to give out of this book because it is pertinent to us 
A thousand years ago, what we had in Revelation, it was important, but not as important as it is as we get closer to the coming of the Lord. You see, for some people, this book will be like a survival guide to them who missed the rapture. Those who are going to be here after the Lord makes his appearance. Now, I don't want that to be me. How about you? I, I, don't, want a, I don't want a survival guide uh, to help me to get through this, this, this evil world down here. But I want to use it kind of as a road map. A road map to get me from this evil world into the world to come. Amen? So we want to take a look at this. This week, uh, some terrible things have happened in our world, and it's going to affect every one of us. It's going to affect us. The fighting that is going on right now in the Middle East, don't take this lightly. This is something that has the potential of developing into a world war. And when you stop to realize that Israel has been plagued for years by her enemies, especially those right in the vicinity, right in the Levant area, Israel has been planning for over eight years to launch some type of attack to take out the terrorists, the Hezbollah, all right? They've been planning for eight years and they never had the opportune time to do it. But now that the Hezbollah has kidnapped a couple of uh, Israeli soldiers, it gave them opportunity and they're launching strategic attacks. The attacks are not against the people of Lebanon. The attacks are against the enemies of Israel in Lebanon who Lebanon cannot control. In other words, they have terrorist organizations there that the government can't control. They're bigger than the government. The government, to a certain extent, their hands are tied as to how they're going to deal with these, these terrorists. Well, Israel is saying, well, okay, they can't control them, then we will. If they can't stop them from attacking our people, launching attacks against our country, then we will. But it's, it's deeper than that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When you stop and realize that what we're learning now from the um, media sources is that the Hezbollah, they're supplied, they're backed by other enemies of Israel, and I will say enemies of the United States. You have the large country of Syria, wealthy country, Syria to the north that is supplying arms and advisors the same ones who are supplying arms and advisors to Iraqi forces who have been active against the United States, not to mention Iran. Iran, as well as uh, supporting and arming uh, the Hezbollah. What are you saying? I'm saying it's a possibility that what we see happening now could be a fulfillment of what the Bible talked about 3,000 years ago. Right now, the Israeli forces are really taking it to them because they have the technology. Israeli forces, they're armed with uh, the, uh, uh, the F-16 fighter planes. These are very advanced aircraft. And uh, I saw them on the news just die of bombing uh, there in in uh, Lebanon, and they can they can strike strategically. They, they they have some say that they even have the nuclear bomb in Israel. They're loaded, yes, sir. Yes, sir. and it looks like they have everything to win. That's right. But according to the Bible, according to the Bible, even though they're starting off like this and starting off with a bang, all of the nations together are eventually going to come against Israel yes, sir. Yes, and Israel is going to suffer. They're going to suffer until God himself intervenes. Until God intervenes. 
And I believe that part of the reason for that is because remember, you're dealing with the generation, past generations who had lived through the Holocaust or children of victims of the, the Holocaust, where you had Hitler that killed five million Jews and Stalin killed another eight million Jews. And you know, you may not think about this, but these are people who had the Shema carved into the doorpost and uh, uh, they quoted the Shema. You see them at the Wailing Wall. Uh, they're quoting the Shema and quoting the scripture, just rocking back and forth in their prayers and, and so forth. People who really truly believe God and they, they had some problem when God allowed so many of their loved ones to die. Now, now you think about this. Maybe there are some of you here today that in your life you had experiences that caused you to be angry with God. I, I, I have pastor friends who, who lost children. They believed God all of their life and, 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 and trusted the Lord and believed the scripture and believed that you know God was somehow going to intervene. But when the Lord allowed their good child who innocent didn't you know good good child didn't do anything they had actually went through an experience where they were kind of angry with the Lord and you may have been angry with God for some things that happened in your life or um, uh, uh, to someone you loved or whatever because we have questions why you know God you're all powerful and you're almighty but at the same time you allow these terrible things to happen to good people Maybe I'm the only one, but uh, uh, just like you experienced those things, Israel experienced it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. To live through where 13 million of their people died in the gas chambers. Uh, the enemy slept with their wives, took their women, and before their very eyes... Uh, uh, slept with their wives before their eyes. They line up families and maybe a mother or a father had to make a choice as to which child lives. They went through some bad times and as a nation, Israel, even though they're the chosen, the elect of God, but human, had some difficulties and many of them step back and those who are not agnostic, many became atheists and had problems with the reality of God. If God was real and you're good and you can do anything, well then why didn't you do something about this? But you know what? That nation that is reeling from events from the past, just like sometimes we reel through God is going to allow them to get to a place and God is going to show up. You're going to find a nation that's going to go through a conversion, fall back in love with God like never before, just like my pastor friends who have preached to so many others. It must have been devastating to walk through a mall with your child and your child disappear. And then when you, 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 they find your child, the child's dead. You, you know? Well, go through changes like that and, and, and you go uh, uh, through mind fights and you're wrestling with God. But you know, I'm glad that God wins. I'm glad that God wins. But you know, to stand here and not having gone through that experience, it would be wrong for us to say, you know, what should be or how they should, because you never know how you're going to react in a situation. But the songwriter did say, we'll understand it better by and by. Because the truth of the matter is, all I can say is, I believe God is good. I believe God is good and I believe there's a purpose though I don't understand it and whatever God does I believe that I believe the scripture where Paul resigned and said and we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose Israel's going to be converted 
According to the book of Ezekiel, chapters 36 through 38, 36 and 37 in particular, lets us know how that Israel's going to be reborn. And I'm telling you, something happened in 1948. When they came back to their homeland, having been expelled from their land, there were a few that were left in um, Israel, but for the most part, they lived in what's called the diaspora. They were in other places. After captivity, Jews spread around the world. 1948, by that time, they had been gone so long from their land that others, others claimed that land. Others came in. Uh, they were gone away, and the land was there. Uh, Palestinians moved in, and they, they took over the land that belonged to Israel. In 1948, they came back and reclaimed their land. And we need not speak of the wars, you know, the Six-Day War and, and Yom Kippur War, the, the battles that they had and so forth to regain the land. But the point is, they did regain it. But God is still doing something, and according to Ezekiel, they're going to be brought back together. But more than that, they're going to be brought into relationship with God. Now, that's something to think about. Because when they fell out of relationship with God, according to Paul, this presented the opportunity for us, the Gentiles, to be saved. When the Jews fell out of relationship with God, that presented the opportunity for us. The Jews, uh, the Gentiles, those who the Bible say called dogs outside the gate. This, and this is the plan of God. God had this plan from the beginning. It wasn't an accident. It was the plan. Be before, before there was a when, where, or what, God before the foundation of the world. You was God's eternal concern. And he went this way. He went this way, allowing them to go into a period of blindness that we may be grafted in. But remember, brothers and sisters, we're seeing now the relationship changing. Where overnight, those who have been estranged from God are now going to be brought back into the right relationship with God. And I'm telling you, the door is going to be closed. We're now living in what's called the dispensation of grace. We are in the, the end. We're approaching the end of the dispensation of grace. It is in this dispensation that God is dealing with the world. He's dealing with the nations. He's dealing with the Gentiles. It's by the grace of God that we are saved. I need to back up just a little bit. Because it's important for us to understand why the Jews ended up you know, how this saga plays out. The, the account that we have in the book of 2 Kings, beginning with chapter 17, it kind of gives us an idea of what brought the Jews into the Babylonian captivity, why they went there. It was because of idolatry. When God called Abram, when he called Abram in, in Genesis chapter 12, he called Abram, but the intent was that the world would be blessed through the seed of Abraham. Abraham was the father of faith. Abraham superseded the law. He, he was before the law, which lets us know here we're, we're a people after the law. Uh, uh, God called Abram for the purpose of the whole world being blessed. And, and the Bible said whoever blesses him and his seed would be blessed. With that kind of blessing, it carries great responsibility. When God blesses you, when God anoints you, when God gifts you, it's not just for you. It carries a great 
responsibility. Israel's responsibility was they were to reflect the goodness and glory of God in the world. But what did they do? They looked around and saw what the Canaanites were doing. What the Perizzites and the, the Hittites and all the otherites. Looked around and saw what they were doing and they imitated them. And I'm going to tell you this church. Because God has called you to reflect the goodness and the glory of God. And you've got to be careful not to look around and see what the rest of the world is doing. And say, I want to do it that way. You've got to do it God's way. This is what calls Israel to get where they're at. But don't you think for an instant that God has forgotten them. The tables are getting ready to turn. The tables are, are, are turning as we speak. To go back to what I was talking about earlier, right now it looks like they're winning. And they got the power. They got the power. And the backing of the United States, whatever that means. Because the truth is we know we got our own issues. And the truth is, I don't know how much backing we can do when you consider that our manpower is stretched in so many different directions. We have thousands of men in Korea. Am I right, Sarge? Thousands of men in Korea. We, 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 we got military in Afghanistan. We got military in Japan. We, 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 we got military uh, uh, in the Middle East, in Iraq. We're stretched everywhere. They're taking the National Guard, putting them on the borders to protect the borders from uh, the possibility of terrorists uh, coming across our borders to do harm to the nation. We're already stretched. We're stretched. We are stretched. And, you know, I know what we say about we're with Israel, but some of the politicians, the way they talk, kind of got me uneasy. When you, when you realize that the real king of this world is money and fossil fuel that helps to make money, and they got the fuel. Makes me a little shaky. Uh, 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 the, the psalmist said in 118 Psalms not to have confidence in man. Don't, don't, don't put confidence, confidence in the flesh. I'm not about to put my confidence in a human. My hope and my trust is in God. It's in God. My, my trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, put your, your hope in princes he says put not your hope put not your trust in princes mm -mm, no we cannot trust uh, and it may sound bad but but don't don't honey don't put your trust in politicians and government officials you better put your hope and your trust in God they, they make plans and say one thing and do another um, uh, we're going to do this and at the same time selling you out Israel, Israel, if they're depending on the uh, America yes. and, and, and depending on Europe, who, who's already strapped financially, yes, sir. you're looking at nations that are going to have to drastically alter their lifestyles. All right, now. That's right. You, we take it for granted driving a car. We act like it's something that belongs to us. It's a right. Uh, to be able to drive a car. Well, I tell you what, the size of your purse is going to determine whether you have that right or not. You can go out and buy the newest, most expensive car and can't put an ounce of fuel in it. We're going to have to think of alternatives uh, to, to fossil fuels and, 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 and all of these things. That's why never play the Bible cheap. Come on. We, we try to we try to um, uh, figure out 
ways to make meaningful this symbolism in the scriptures. Blood up to the horse's bridle, uh, uh, which would suggest uh, uh, perhaps, can, can you imagine? Men fighting on horses? Now, a few years ago, we would have thought that was absurd. But when you look at the current circumstances, it might not be that far off. It might not be. It might not be that ridiculous after all. After seeing these horror movies about these creatures and things they come up with, and we, we couldn't uh, imagine anything like what we see in the book of Revelation. Uh, uh, we couldn't imagine a creature looking like that until you stop and think. It don't have to be a vehicle. It could literally be some kind of creature when you consider that with biotechnology, they're making and creating all kind of monsters and stuff. It's no telling what you might have in this world. The book of Revelation may be more literal than people can imagine. This, 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 this thing is real. But, but let's look at the scripture because this is my real message. My real message to you is to be watchful and make sure you're ready. Uh, uh, because you know when we see all of this, this is dealing with this is dealing with tribulation week. Now, according to our faith, what we believe about the scripture, when it comes to this what we call eschatology, we believe that the tribulation period will come after the rapture of the church. Now, we believe in what's called the pre-tribulation rapture theory, meaning that the tribulation will come, be the rapture will come before the tribulation period. The tribulation period in the Bible will last for seven years. The scripture you read over in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7, calls that the time of Jacob's trouble. Why is it the time of Jacob's trouble? Because there, God is dealing with the Jews. The church which is composed of, of, of converted Jews, Jews who receive Jesus as their savior, and Gentiles will be taken out of the world. In, in the book of Thessalonians it says in, in chapter five that God has not appointed us unto wrath. And, and what that means is the, the, the wrath that we see in the book of Revelation beginning with chapter six, Going through chapter 19, it, it is suggesting that the church will be taken out of the world before those horrible uh, events happen because God has not appointed us unto wrath. Yes, God is going to snatch us away from here. Yes. But what are you saying? If, if we see that time is winding up and that God is turning back to the Jews and that we are possibly uh, the stage is being set uh, to take us into this time that the Bible is speaking of uh, the tribulation period uh, 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 the mark of the beast whatever that may be uh, when I was a kid I was scared if any numbers came up six three sixes in a row uh, now I see people driving around with them on their license tag. I'm not worried about that. Because what I do understand is that number represents the number of man. Man magnified. And we're live, if we were ever in a day where man and his ego and the things about man and, and, and where everything centers on man is being magnified, the time is right now. Uh, uh, if I see this coming to pass and I see the possibility of uh, what is known as the mark of the beast which makes perfect sense to me it makes perfect sense that there will be some kind of fair and equitable way that men can buy and sell I'm not happy with the tax system and you're probably not happy with the, the tax system or the way 
uh, 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 people pay bills or the way some don't pay bills, the way some uh, go around the system and, and all of these things. No, we may not be happy about that. But we know the time is coming when you're not going to be able to do that, baby. You're not going to be able to get around and manipulate the system and, and, and all of those things because the enemy is going to figure out a way where you can't buy or sell without having his imprint, without having his mark. Lord have mercy. And we see already they got chips, microchips that they are injecting into animals where they no longer have to wear a little tag uh, uh, that says, okay, Ross belongs to the Chavises and that they paid, you know, to, to have him vaccinated and all of that kind of stuff. They could just wave a wand over Ross and it'll tell everything they need to know about him. And they're using the same thing to replace the medical ID that people used to wear on their wrists where if they fall out downtown, they can look at their little medical ID and find out if they had high blood pressure or if they were diabetic. Well, they're injecting people with chips now where they can wind you and find out everything about you. They can find out if you're a convicted felon or going for a job and lying or talking about, no, I ain't never been to jail a day of my life. All they got to do is, is wind you and, and they'll know from the chip Everything about you. Yes, those who've been uh, cutting the system and uh, 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 getting around and everything, no, you won't be able to do it in that day. That day is almost here. So what is that saying then? What that is saying to me, that if that day uh, regarding the tribulation period is almost upon us, how watchful we should be as the people of God. How, how, how we should be getting ready to go home, y'all. Uh, we, we should be getting, getting our house in order. Uh, we should be learning to love each other with a fervent love. Uh, we should be a forgiving spirit. And uh, we should do the things that Christ has exhorted us to do, knowing that the time is short. Now the Bible says here in verse number 36, but of that day, and I will know it no man, no not the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. What do you mean? What are you trying to say to us, Matthew? He's suggesting to us that in Noah's day, it was business as usual. Uh, Noah preached and he told the people of something that they never heard of. He told them that it was going to rain. And, and, and those who were not in Noah's clan were perhaps not familiar with uh, 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 what do you mean by this? I imagine his family members even questioned what do you mean by it's going to rain? And the idea of building a boat on dry ground, something is wrong with this man. And you know what? The world is looking at the church like that. And you know what? We go right along with him. We, we laugh at ourselves when they joke about us. They put on these movies that make the church look like a big joke and it's not real. And we go out and buy the DVDs and laugh along with it. I'm here to let you know that uh, uh, the same thing happened in Noah's day. People are being desensitized. Uh, the, the power of the church is, is, is being uh, taken away. Uh, the, the world is trying to make the church look foolish as if it's not real. And the message that we're preaching is no longer pertinent for today where people are educated and, and, and people have good lifestyles. The church no longer has a place. Well, they carried on in the days of Noah. I imagine that the gamblers in Noah's day were still gambling. Uh, they were still uh, uh, doing the things of the world. They were still carousing. They were still whoremongers. Even though Noah preached and let them know it's going to rain, you need to come into the ark. And I'm telling you today, uh, my God, it's not going to rain, but the Lord is coming back. And the ark today is Jesus Christ. 
If you're going to be saved, you need to get into the ark, and that ark is Jesus. Lord, have mercy. No, they joked about it, and the Bible speaks of them uh, 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 marrying and giving in marriage, and how they continue to eat and drink. In other words, just business as usual. And that's our mentality today because we have been desensitized. You, like me, have heard the story over and over again. You have read the books. You saw the films. You, 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 you heard about Jesus coming. And, and, and somehow, uh, because you heard it so many times and, and it hasn't happened yet, we get desensitized. But I'm here to let you know that the Bible speaks about that. It says, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until that day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man mean. Bible says, Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Two women grinding at the meal, one taken and the other left. But he goes on to say, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. You see, that's the way it is. God is not going to show up at a time that you know he's going to show up. The reason we don't know the day or the hour is because we're lazy. If we knew exactly what time Jesus was going to come, do you think we would be in church today? My God, you'd be out getting ready to go and see Superman. Lord have mercy. Uh, folks will be out at their favorite restaurant. You will, you will somehow reason that I worked all week long and I'm tired and I'm not going to church today. I'm going to do some things for myself. Uh, after all, the Lord is not coming to next year. That means I got 365 days to get myself together. And I'll wait and do it later. I'm not going to do it right now. Because I know when the Lord is going to show up. But the Bible lets us know that no man knoweth the day or the hour. The scripture says in a time that you think not. That's when the Son of Man is going to come. He goes on to give the illustration of the homeowner if he knew the day that the thief was going to come. Do you think he would have allowed his house to be burglarized? My friend, I want you to know that if you knew what time the Lord All right, all right. Praise God for the opportunity. It lasted till and got most of the message in. Now, the last part of this was definitely to get our attention to the call. Amen. The call. God touches our hearts, y'all. Yes, he does. And the day that he touches your heart and softens it, softens that heart to say lord i love you what what do i need to do to get right with you it's our it's our responsibility to give our hearts to him and to receive what he has for us and what god has for us even though there's an end of this dispensation of grace. Come on, I'm just filling in because the bishop was going in. 
even though this dispensation of grace is going to end, we have an opportunity right now and today at this moment to ask God to be our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. If you're hearing the sound of my voice right now, that means that God has brought you in to this new year because that's when we're doing it. Last night, it was it was New Year's Eve and today is New Year's Day. And what better way, what better way to continue on with the life that he's given us, the life that he's given you, the gift of life. What better way than to ask God to be your Lord and Savior, to get in right relationship with with him. If you want to be saved, you want to, you want to miss all of this tribulation that's coming because it's coming. You can start. You can start by praying this prayer. Dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge to you that I am a sinner and I am sorry for my sins and the life that I have lived. I need your forgiveness. Please forgive me for my sins. I repent and turn away from sin and I turn to you. I believe that you, Jesus, shed your precious blood on the cross at Calvary and died for my sins. And I am now willing to turn from my sin. I repent and turn away from sin. And I turn to you. I believe that you, Jesus, shed your precious blood on the cross at Calvary and died for my sins and I am now willing to turn from my sin. Right now I ask you Jesus to be my Lord and Savior and Lord over my life and my soul. With my heart, I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. This very moment, I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, Transform my life so that I may bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, you are on your way to having that right relationship that the Lord has hung, bled, and died, amen, came here as a babe, but the lamb, 
and did all of that. Amen. He paid the the way. Since he did that. Amen. Now you're on your way. And to help you along in your walk with him, there is a pamphlet on our website at www.lfhhm.org. And there's a discipleship resource uh, tab there, and you can ch- click on that tab and uh, check out the, the pamphlet that we have called The Road to Salvation. And you can look at that, and there's scripture there to help and to back up what it is that, that we do and how we do it God's way. Amen. And it will bless you. Walk in walk in the victory of Jesus. Amen. Walk in the victory of him. Make that choice to say, Lord, I am yours. And press into him. Ask him for the gift of his Holy Spirit. Amen. He'll give it to you. I'm just I'm just letting you know, look, these are things that, that we look forward to as believers. Amen. And we know we definitely are looking forward to him coming again. Amen. Cracking that sky, saying, Lord, he's going to say, come on, let's go home. He's going to, with the shout, he's going to, with the voice of the archangel, praise God. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. You be blessed and you look forward to Jesus because he is soon to come. I always say, if the Lord says the same, I'll see you next time. Be blessed. Thank you for joining the LFHHM broadcast, Together With Him. Special thanks to the LFHHM volunteers, friends, and the consultants at Union Rock Hill Films. One God, One Church. Don't forget to check out the discipleship resources at www.lfhhm.org. There are also great volunteer opportunities. Click on the Contact Us tab and let us know you're interested. Be sure to subscribe, like, and sign up to review media notifications on events and updates. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is indeed plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest.